host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 11, The DDC Show. And with me tonight are Chris Carroll. Hey, Aaron. Uh, Paul Hodger. Hey, guys. Mark Pratt. Evening, everybody. Steve Bratton. Hey, gang. And CJ Fergola. Right here. And for the most part, we chose these panel members because they are uh, experienced with the DVC, Disney Vacation Club, uh, the whole process. They, they own DVC or use DVC. So uh, why don't we start really quickly by just kind of getting some of that background information. Um, Chris, what's your DVC uh, background? Sure. We are um, DVC members. We've been members since uh, 2009. And Paul? Uh, sure, my family's members now. We just joined a few months ago, actually. That's right, and you're looking forward to using your first DVC reservation, uh, what, this, uh, is it? In January, January. Uh, 2012, yeah, we're going down for the marathon, so it'll be the first time we use it, yeah. Okay, uh, and then Mark, what's your DVC experience? Um, I'm a wisher. Okay. A, a wanter. I'm trying to talk the wife into it, so that's what I'm here to learn is, is what is it all about and why should I have it? Okay. Uh, Steve? Uh, we've been members since August 2010. Um, actually, it's kind of funny. We bought Sight Unseen into uh, Saratoga Springs. And CJ, I think, is our veteran. Yeah, I've uh, been a member since 96. Uh, we bought when the boardwalk opened up. Okay. Now, let's start with... I, I'm. I think a lot of people are unfamiliar with what DVC is really all about. They see the phrase thrown around, uh, you know, DVC stands for Disney Vacation Club, but, but what is DVC? Um, a lot of fun. <laughs> well, you know, CJ, why, why don't you give us a little background of what, what DVC is? Well, the Disney Vacation Club is basically, uh, if you think of it as a pre, prepaid vacation, uh, you buy a certain number of points, which you use during during the year to go to uh, mostly uh, uh, vacation club resorts, which are ever expanding. Uh, but there's also you can use them for the cruise line or other vacations uh, that they have set up. Um, it's usually not worth uh, points wise to do it that way, but but you certainly can. It, it's it's basically a way to uh, go on vacation and not have to worry about paying a hotel room. Okay. And uh, Chris, is there anything you'd like to add to that in terms of just a general idea of what DVC is? Yeah, I think that, that DVC is, uh, it's best to think of it like a pre-paid vacation rather than, you know, your standard timeshare. Um, the, uh, in general, the um, DVC resorts are a little bit uh, bigger than your typical uh, hotel room. Typically, they have um, more of a suite uh, structure to them with either um, one bedroom and a small kitchen, um, or you can get two bedrooms or, or even more fancier than that. And uh, it really allows you, if, you're having, if you have a bigger family, a family of um, three or four children, it gives you a little more space so you're not all cramped into one uh, small hotel room. Plus the opportunity to be able to have uh, meals there on occasion, breakfasts, for example. And are any of you on the panel, uh, have you owned other timeshare contracts? 
And have you been involved in other timeshares? Yeah, I have, Aaron. We, uh, we've owned RCI before. Okay. Well, how would you compare the way DVC works to the way uh, RCI works? Um, DVC is a lot more flexible. So the point system is really nice where you can, um, you can really choose to split up vacations. You can do a certain number of days, it's, whether it's 10 days in a studio or maybe six days in a one-bedroom. So um, for those of you who don't know, obviously one-bedrooms cost more points, your DVC points, than a studio would. Um, but you have that kind of flexibility to, you know, mix and match your vacations based on what fits you best with the amount of points you have. With RCI, you're kind of stuck in a week. It's a week, uh, at least the one we owned was a week reservation. So wherever you stayed, you stayed Saturday to Saturday. So you couldn't change the days. Okay, so uh, that's exactly kind of where I wanted to go with this to help kind of illustrate the difference um, just sort of structurally when when you're purchasing into these timeshare arrangements and ultimately DVC is a, a timeshare program um, with most timeshare programs you're buying a, a fixed week and you use that week at any of the the properties that are part of the timeshare organization that you join um, with DVC instead of buying a fixed week you purchase a, a number of points and you can buy, you know, how few, what's, what's the smallest contract that's currently available out there? One of our, our, you know, recent buyers maybe can uh, yeah, speak up. Uh, they're now allowing a hundred points. So I, I believe it used to be 170, but recently they changed it down to a hundred for people, for families, you know, younger families. They said that wanted to buy smaller contracts. So a hundred is the minimum right now. Okay. And Paul, Paul, what does yeah. that, what does that get you? 100 points per year. Um, so we bought just over that, actually. We bought 110. And what that gets us is that's seven nights at Bay Lake um, in a studio for about half the, half the year. So um, value in mid-seasons. And, um, and it, it, it'll get you basically a studio in you know a boardwalk or a beach club for most of the year. Okay, so for DVC, there's a whole chart that lays out the number of points that you would have to spend during particular times of year at each of the various uh, DVC resorts. Some of the resorts cost more points than others. Some time frames cost more points than others. Really just like all Disney hotel pricing. Um, and and it seemed to me at least that for the most part the the range of the DVC pricing or the DVC point pricing was similar in the, uh, to the range of you know dollar pricing in the resorts uh, maybe one of the you know CJ or uh, Steve can speak to that a little more uh, clearly um, it, it's if you if you decided to use use points versus a cash rate, uh, there's really no comparison. The cash rate is is much higher than the quote ten dollars that you could rent your points with. But if you go certain times of the year, like you said, or get a bigger uh, uh, room, um, there are more points. But if you if you had them on the open market to rent, um, there's no way that you could then use that money to pay for uh, one of the rooms. Well, let's talk about that because uh, I think that that's a really big piece of the flexibility of DVC. Um, 
you mentioned the concept of, of renting points. So just so people understand, if you purchase a, a set, you purchase a number of points. Well, let, actually, I'm sorry. Let's let's take this a step at a time. You purchase a DVC contract that is for a set number of points. Um, that number can be, it sounds like, as small as uh, just over 100 points to, you know, many, several hundreds. Um, when you buy those points, that gets you a bucket of points that have to be used within your contract year. And uh, so, when when is is it? Does everybody have a January to January calendar year? How does how does the use year work? How is that calculated? So, with that, I'll, I'll take that one. Our use year is a December use year, which means that every December first, we get our points. Um, really, the way that our DVC guide, which is you know, essentially the salesperson explain is use here really doesn't matter unless you're going to go during specific seasons or specific times. So where that comes into play is with our December use year, we get our points December 1st and those points are valid from December 1st all the way to November 30th. At that time they expire unless we have banked the points over to the following year. Um, you can bake your points over um, one year in advance. What we've found is, like for our upcoming trip in uh, 2012, our son wants to go down to see the Osborne Whites. So we were going to plan the last week of the year, December, using our points that we get this year as well as next. Well, the way that our December use year works out is our points expire, our bank points expire November 30th. So we would actually lose our 160 bank points by going into December. So we've had to bump our trip up to November in order to use those points and not lose them. Okay, so the important thing is that your use year is based more on, you know, when you purchase your contract and what use year you agree to at the time of signing your contract. It's not a fixed year of January to January. Your year is 12 months from whatever the use year date is on your contract. Exactly. Every contract's different. Okay. So you've got your use here and, and you also kind of gave us a picture of you've got your bucket of points. You're allowed to uh, bank points over for one year, correct? Correct. Okay. So even if you only had 110 points, if you wanted to stay at a time that took more points, one way to do that might be to bank your points and you'd have 220 points to use the following year. Is there any way to maximize that even more? What if uh, I wanted to do a grand gathering and needed a, a you know, a deluxe, uh, you know, one of the, the treehouse villas uh, and needed a lot of points? Is there any way I could aggregate more than two years worth of points? Yeah, that's the nice thing about DVC is you can bank one year's points, use your current year's points, and then borrow one year in advance. So essentially, I could have three years worth of points to use on one trip to get a grand villa or to stay at a, a nicer resort or a different resort. Steve, this yeah. is one we've found uh, too with borrowing points is that the use year becomes very important because um, if you're borrowing points from the year ahead, you have to travel within that time frame. For example, um, our use year is in February. So um, we can we'll get we can borrow new points um, as of February 1st. We can borrow points from the year ahead. Uh, so if we wanted to travel in February, that would make it very convenient for us to borrow points ahead. Okay, so uh, you you buy your points initially. There's a, a fee associated with buying those initial points. You pay however many dollars per point, and that varies by resort. 
you can then use your points in terms of you know the current use year. You can borrow uh, ahead a year, and you can bank one year. It, it sounds really complicated, but but once you get into the swing of things, it's it's <laughs> really no big deal. Well, I'm just trying to break down the flexibility because yeah. that's what I think is really nice about DVC. Right. The, these are all you know options that you have, and then there's another option which is is you know, problematic for other owners. I know, for example, that uh, RCI is pretty pretty stringent about the manner in which you can uh, sell or rent your points or your your contract, your vacation club contract with them. Uh, DVC actually has mechanisms to deal with this, as I understand it. Uh, has anybody had any experience either uh, renting points out to others or doing a rental themselves? No, I I haven't done that. I I use them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of greedy. I don't I don't rent my points out, or I haven't yet. Um, speaking of the RCI, though, I know that we can also use our points through the uh, timeshare trade in RCI. So if I don't want to go to Disney for one vacation, gasp the horror, I can actually go to say the the Orange Hotel in Washington D.C. I can go to stay in a different hotel in. Times Square. I can go out to Disneyland and use my points there. So there's a whole another world of ways that you can use your points other than just going and see Mickey Mouse. Okay, um, but the, the important thing, and, and I just want to mention this so that listeners understand that, you know, if they have these points and, you know, let's give you an example that, um, you know, I've decided we're going to do this big family, huge, you know, extended family trip. We're going to stay in a treehouse villa. I borrowed and banked my points, so I've got triple my usual points. And then half the family can't go. So now I've got all these extra points and, you know, they're going to go to waste because those those borrowed points were going to expire. I can actually make something out of those, right? Correct. So if, what, if there were there were a number of different um websites and listservs and on the dis boards there's there's one for running running points the going rate is depending on the the, the time of year is uh, around 10 11 dollars a point so you would put those on any of those listservs someone that needed the points would contact you you'd reach an agreement and uh you would call member services arrange the vacation for them and they'll send you uh, uh a check Okay. however you want to pay. So basically, as long as you stay on top of when your points are going to expire, you know, you, you should never walk out of a situation where you've wasted points. I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found out once that, well, living in Miami is a little different because I can get in the car and drive four hours, but I was going to lose like 20, 30 points. And I said, well, forget that. And we just went up for a few days. Right. Aaron, I think uh, one other note um, about DVC's flexibility I just want to throw in there is that they actually also offer the ability to buy a limited number of points just for one year. So let's say um, you had 150 points and th this vacation you wanted to take was going to cost you 158. So you're eight points short rather than borrowing from a year in advance or trying to rent them or trying to scrounge together eight points from somebody else to make your vacation you can actually buy them at $15 a point from DVC just for that one year. So I don't know if it would happen often for people, but it's a nice little option. I think they let you buy up to like 15 or 20 points in any given year for $15 a point just so that you can kind of 
fit your vacation in if that if that is the uh, issue. That's good to know. Um, now, also, just so we get the full financial picture here, there's an initial purchase price that's based on a dollars per point. Um, after that initial purchase, and I do understand that that there are opportunities in some cases to finance that purchase if you need to, although the, from what I understand, the rates aren't great, but that's just a matter of function of the, you know, vacation home mortgage market. Um, but uh, you've got that initial outlay for the points. What are the ongoing costs of being a DVC member? Well, there, there are dues like a condo association or anything like that. There's dues that are assessed that pay for things like property taxes uh, because you do have an ownership stake into the building. It's a very small ownership stake, but um, and things like uh, you know roof repairs, damage to the equipment, uh, wear and tear, things like that. So you do pay uh, either monthly, which I get taken out monthly, or uh, you you get a yearly assessment based on what they estimate what the dues are going to be. And Chris, could you ballpark for me what the uh, annual or what what those dues look like? Yeah, it depends on your resort, um, though. There are different uh, dues for different resorts. Like I am in um, Bay Lake Towers right now, and our I think our dues are relatively low compared to others, but people are expecting them to go up. Um, uh, but uh, I believe that our uh, dues are approximately. Um, in the neighborhood of about a thousand dollars a year um, for dues, uh, and, and some of the other resorts are higher than that. Now, those are assessed though also on a per point basis, right? Uh, the dues are on a. I believe you're correct. The dues are on a per point basis. Yes. Yeah, that, that's right, Aaron. It's about. I only know this because we just signed up, Chris. It's about four dollars a point, I think, right now, um, for the dues for Bay Lake Towers. For Bay Lake Towers. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and as a general rule, I think uh, it's, it's probably accurate to say that the the newer the resort, the lower the maintenance fees are. It's, it's just a logical, you know, process. The, the older the resort gets, the more maintenance is necessary, the more you need to con- be concerned about you know, roof repairs and things. And then, uh, from what I understand, if you really want to push it out, and I know some people like try and, and do the budget buy-in to DVC by buying in at, uh, you know, maybe at, at the Hilton Head Resort, which has uh, a much lower initial cost per point. But the maintenance fees are much higher because you've got a somewhat older resort that is, uh, you know, in a, in a hurricane plane. So, you know, it, it kind of balances out. Yeah. On those fees, are they, do you pay a monthly dividend or is it a lump fee that you have to pay um how are those paid out my understanding and i think this is what cj was just saying is that you can do it either way they'll send you an annual statement and then you have the option of of having that uh paid by a probably presumably an an automatic uh electronic funds transfer on a monthly basis yeah that's how we do it yeah no when we financed our purchase through disney the uh, maintenance fees are just automatically um tacked on to the the uh, annual deduction or the uh, monthly deduction rather um i know that i've read on disboards that other people they get their statement for their monthly fees or monthly dues and they'll actually go out and put it on one of their uh, rewards credit cards so that way not, not only they're paying their membership dues up front but they're also getting those rewards based off of their visa or mastercard whatever 
Sure. Makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. So let's move to the next big question, which is, you know, all this money talk and all that sounds like a lot of money. Why should a Disney fan be interested in buying into DVC? So the reason that we bought into DVC is, um, well, I'll give you a little history. My wife and I are, are big Disney nuts, obviously. Um, you know, we've been, you know, dozens of times since we were kids. And we looked at DVC on several different trips, and we looked at the price. And every time we looked at the price on every trip, we said, oh, my gosh, there's no way we can afford this. That's insane. And then we started thinking about our future as a family, and we had our son. And on one of our last trips we sat down and said, let's look at DVC again. It was the last day of our trip. So we go into the Magic Kingdom. We're back in Frontierland. We're talking to one of the DVC guys at one of the kiosks. He's real friendly. He used to be a tumble monkey over at Animal Kingdom in Legend of Lion King. We're talking to this tumble monkey, and he's saying, this is what DVC is all about. It's a great way to ensure your family vacation memories. Eventually, once the, the initial buy-in is paid off, your expense, your trips are going to go down. It averages about six to seven trips before you break even. And with a kid on the way, this is great. And we're thinking, you know, that, that sounds right. So we sat through the, um, the presentation and they offered us to take us over to one of the resorts because they were selling Saratoga at the time. And they said, would you like to take a trip over to Saratoga? I said, this is my last day in the parks. The park's almost closed. We're trying to get the most in. And give us the information. We'll go home and work it through the budget. So we left Florida, and about a week or two later, we get a call from one of the DVC guides and says, have you had a chance to take a look at the information? And we say, yeah. And the more we process the numbers, it started to click that this, for us, is right. You know, with our, with our son, he loves going down to Disney. With the amount of points, we're there every other year. And eventually, when he gets older, we can go other places. Now, let me let me point something out here that I think maybe was was unclear earlier, and that really kind of hit home to me as you were explaining that. And that is that you know this this larger upfront cost per point to buy in in the first place is not to buy a one year contract. You're buying a much longer term contract. So for those people, for example, who are purchasing at Bay Lake Towers, which is new and you're buying into the beginning, you know, how long is that contract for, Steve? It's a, I'll get an answer for Steve. It's, oh, okay. a, it's a 50 <laughs> year contract. Okay, so, so that upfront cost is to buy in for 50 years. And even if you finance it for five or 10 years, there's another 40 years where that initial buy-in is completely paid off. Yeah, I was and, looking through uh, the uh, the DVC site real quick, and I think our contract for Saratoga goes out to 2000 and, I want to say, 54, 2045, something like that. So, I mean, it's it's many, many years that we're going to have those, those great vacation memories with our family. And, you know, in the event that something happens to my wife and I, we can leave that DVC membership over to our son. And his family can use it. Now, that's another important point. Because this is an ownership interest, you can give it to somebody else in a will or make it a gift to somebody else, uh, just like you could any other property you owned. That's correct. And that, and that's, you know, one of the things that sold me on it. Um, ours expired in, uh, our expire in 2042, and, and I'll be long gone by then. And, you know, my daughter would be in her 
mid forties and still be able to go and do these vacations. And uh, another thing that sold me on was the accommodations. The rooms are are bigger. Uh, you go to a, a one bedroom, you get a or bigger, you get a whirlpool tub, and that's what really sold us on. If you're thinking of doing this, is there a way? that they will can can you do a tour of the rooms because i i know i've seen pictures of the rooms on the boards and they're just amazing especially the rooms at the boardwalk and that would be where i would love to buy in at is at the boardwalk um but is there a way that when you do your initial uh you know dvc tour thing can you actually go and look at these rooms yeah they'll have tour buses or tour vans i will take you over to the resorts and give you a walkthrough of one of their demo rooms and you know look like you were saying, we bought sight unseen. We had no idea what we were getting into. I mean, we've stayed at all-star music. We've stayed at pop and French Quarter over at Port Orleans and the Contemporary. We had no idea what we were getting into. We took our last, our first trip to DVC last June, last week of June, first week of July. We had a two-bedroom suite. And yeah, we saw pictures online and on Disboard, but we had no idea what we were walking into. And we walk in and there's a full kitchen. And there's a living room and a private balcony. There's two bedrooms. I mean, two full bedrooms that are probably about the size of, I don't know if I had to guess, about maybe a pop center room a piece, maybe a little larger. I mean, it was amazing. Our jaws dropped. We just stood there in the doorway and said, are you kidding me? And and that really brought the, the catchphrase of DVC of welcome home. That really brought it into concept of us of, this isn't just a vacation. We're home. This is our second home. Yeah, anyway, we, we were just the opposite, actually. Um, I was trying to get uh, a reservation at a monorail resort and couldn't get one. And they said, well, there's this place called DV, uh, Old Key West that has uh, great deals on one bedrooms. And, it, you know, I, I know what you mean. As soon as we opened the door, we were like, whoa, how, how do we do this? And, and you know, we were sold right then and there. Well, and I, I think this is an important point when we're talking about, you know, I know a lot of times um, when families, especially larger families, families that have three kids, for example, or more, um, you know, it, it's really difficult for them to book uh, an ordinary resort room at Disney. Um, they're essentially, you know, the, the only option is either a family suite or to try and you know maybe they can shoehorn everybody in an alligator bayou at, at port orleans or or they're looking at uh, a deluxe resort and and frankly with three kids or four kids even in a deluxe room you know a standard deluxe resort room that's a tight sleeping arrangement especially plus, as the kids get older plus you're going all going to bed at the same time if you're uh, if you've got little kids or you're sitting out in the balcony all night while your kids are asleep um, with the DVC rooms, you can put them in there in a bedroom, and you can stay up with your wife and go out in the balcony or have do something else. There's a whole other room. It's really quite amazing. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great point, um, Chris. I, I think when the value of DVC comes down to is what would you normally stay in at at Disney World? Um, if you're a type of family that's going to stay in. Um, moderate or a value resort every time because you're just at the parks and you don't really ever go to the rooms at all DVC might not make that much sense but if you're a type of family that want, usually stays in one of um, you know a, a monorail resort or even a DVC type and you pay the cash for it 
it definitely makes sense. And this is coming from an accountant who did the numbers over and over and over. I can tell you financially, it definitely makes sense if you're one of those families that will either want to stay in a one bedroom or even just want to stay in uh, one of the deluxe resorts, a regular room. The number of points you can get and the price does make financial sense if you're committed to going at least once every two years. And DVC really changes the way that you tour the parks too. I mean, for years we, we did the commando ride, you know, open to closing nonstop, gotta hit every ride. And now we're DVC members, it's a whole nother way to tour the parks of, I don't have to be there at, at breakfast. I can make breakfast in my room in the kitchen. I can have scrambled eggs. You know, I can have whatever I want to cook. Now, granted, some people don't want to cook on vacation. That's all right. But I know for our next trip, we're going to be down during Thanksgiving. You know, you know what? I don't want to go to parks on Thanksgiving. I can go to my room. I can cook a turkey in my oven, and we can have Thanksgiving there. I mean, it, it really forces you to slow down and not do commando in the parks. I mean, there's activities at the community hall. There's several pools that you can visit their spas there's a whole new world of of opportunities with membership okay um i'm gonna pause us from our dvc conversation and uh we're gonna take a minute to get to know one of our dvc owning dads a little better uh as we go and uh conduct our 10 questions with steve bratton uh steve you ready to take the hot seat yeah sure all right so, Steve, where do you live and what do you do for a living? So, uh, my house is in Columbus, Ohio, and that's where I live. Um, the second house would be DVC, if you want to call it that. Um, where I work, I work in uh, corporate technology resiliency within uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. And describe your family for us. So, I'm married to a wonderful woman for, well, 13 years now, and uh, have a son, Benjamin, who's eight. What is your favorite off-the-beaten-path location in Walt Disney World? My favorite off-the-beaten-path would be a hallway, oddly enough, in the back of Interventions West. It's usually not very crowded. It's got benches to rest. There's bathrooms that aren't too crowded. And they just blast the air conditioning there all day. What is your least favorite place in Walt Disney World? Oh, that's easy. It's the entire Dino Land section in Animal Kingdom. I mean, how can you fit four people in one car in Permite Royal without a shoehorn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, who is your favorite animated Disney character? Oh, that'd be Rue from Winnie the Pooh. I mean, he's just such a fun character. What sound or noise do you love? Oh, that'd be a toss between the monorail door chimes. <laughs> And the TTA tones. I mean, I use them everywhere. I've got cell phones, home machines, work machines. You know, every time the monorail chimes go off, it means I've got new email. The TTA tones mean that I've got an instant message. They're just great sounds. What sound or noise do you hate? Anything said by Iago in the Tiki Room. I'm so glad he got fired. <laughs> what career, other than your own, would you like to attempt? I'd love to be a Jungle Cruise skipper. I mean, it's just such a dry sense of humor. It just fits me so well. You know, I, I need to change these 10 questions because we're all such Disney freaks that every guy I ask gives a Disney career answer. And so it blows question number 10. But anyway, question number nine is what job would you not like to do? It's a small world after all. <laughs> 
So no, no small world ride jockey for you, huh? No, sir. <laughs> okay, and so finally, if you could be a Disney cast member for one year, and only one year, what job would you want to do for that year? I would love to be a monorail pilot. It'd just be so much fun. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Steve. You can uh, step down off the hot seat. Woo-hoo. You're free. <laughs> um, now, gentlemen, getting back to our DVC discussion, um, I think we've done a good job of kind of you know covering the the um, the whys and the hows, or the, or the why part. Um, but I want to talk a little bit more about how, because as I understand it, there are a couple of different ways to get started with DVC, and, and I wanted to talk about those. Um, so let's say I decided tomorrow that I was ready. I'm, I'm going to buy into DVC. Um, is my only choice to, uh, you know, call Disney, or what are my options? Well, no, you can, um, you can go through Disney, Aaron, if that's the way you want to go, but there's also a secondary resale market. Um, I think they might even link to it on the Diz boards, but um, buying into DVC, you're basically buying an asset, so you can sell that your your ownership um, out on a secondary market. The only problem with that is uh, when you do that, Disney has the right of first refusal for anything you sell. Um, so say you own you know, 150 points and you want to go out and sell them at eight dollars a point or something you know ridiculously low um disney has the right once you've got this contract ready once you've signed up and everybody's good they can come in and, and buy those points from you basically negating the deal um so the problem would be if you go out and buy something on the secondary market you're hoping that disney doesn't come in and swoop in under you and take that deal from you i guess Okay, so there are a couple of issues with buying on the secondary market. One is that, you know, you can't negotiate too good a deal for yourself because, you know, Disney essentially puts a floor under the pricing on the resale market, uh, which is good for people who are existing owners. It preserves the value of their asset, but, uh, you know, kind of prevents you from, from you know, getting to purchase a fire sale. Um, what are, are there any other downsides to uh, purchasing on the secondary market? The only other downside that I would see is that I think it was sometime in late March, DVC came out with a, a new resale market clause that says if you buy resale, you cannot use those points for what they call their adventure collection. So like the active vacations, um, you know, like going out backpacking through the Grand Canyon. So you can't use them for those. You can't use them for the concierge collection, which are your luxury hotels. And you can't use them for the Disney collection, which are like the cruise lines and the non-DVC resorts. So you're really kind of stuck with just the DVC resort, which isn't a bad thing, but it does limit a lot of your opportunities. Okay. So I, I might get them a little bit cheaper. But I would lose some of my flexibility, and uh, I obviously have to, to deal with this whole right of first refusal system uh, situation. What what are some of the benefits then of you know paying what amounts to the sort of sticker price uh, through directly through Disney? Well, there's but one thing: there's no closing costs. If you buy through the resale market, uh, you usually have to pay the closing costs on that uh, with Disney. Uh, if you buy directly through Disney, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there are no closing costs. Um, the only drawback other than price buying through Disney is you can only buy uh, resorts where they have points available. And that's, you know, 
basically for for the most part current or, or relatively new uh, DVC properties. So, for instance, if you wanted to go to the boardwalk, it's uh, tougher to do it through Disney than the retail market. But other than that, they handle everything. Okay, because at this point, the only boardwalk contracts that Disney is selling presumably are contracts that they've essentially repurchased through right of first refusal. Correct. Okay. That's right. The only uh, issue with that, Aaron, is that if you buy into um, one of the older DVC resorts, so a, board, uh, a boardwalk or the old Key West, for example, those contracts run out at a set date regardless of when you buy them. So uh, old Key West may only have you know, 30 years left on the contract, where if you bought into Bay Lake Tower, um, it has 48 or 49 years left on the contract. So that's an important note when you buy on the secondary market is that the date is dependent on the resort, not when you buy. Okay. Yeah, one other benefit of buying straight through Disney is you're going to get all your points. Um, so if I say if I go buy at um, Animal Kingdom and there's a on resale and there's a 100-point contract, I may only get 40 points available right now and all the 100 of them coming, you know, whenever the use year is. So if it's an April use year, I won't get all 100 points until April 1st of this year. I'm stuck with 40 points. And you, there, Disney runs a lot of incentives, whether it's a lower point cost, additional points at other, you know, uh, re- resorts, uh, you know, and, and they, they throw those, those little things off out to entice people to buy from them. And I, I don't know, are, are those uh, regularly published or are those the kind of thing that you're only going to find out about once you start working with, uh, you know, one of these Disney DVC guides? Well, if you ask anyone at the key, at one of the kiosks or one of the guides or any place else, you know, uh, and you ask them, are there any incentives? They'll have a list of what, if any, are available. So it's 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 not secret information. It's it's something that they, you know, let people know about, and and certainly on the boards and things like that, uh, you get a lot of information about what's currently going on. Okay, great. I'm going to actually take this opportunity to do a little trip preview. Um, this is the, the first time this has happened, so uh, I think Mark has volunteered to uh, play Grand, Grand Inquisitor a bit um, because uh, I'm going to preview my own trip. didn't expect to have one to preview, but uh, through happy circumstance, I'm going to be returning to Walt Disney World a little more than a year faster than I thought I was going to be able to. Um, I've got a a work conference that is uh, in Orlando, actually in downtown Disney, and um, decided to take advantage of the fact that, you know, my travel and a a chunk of my uh, meal expenses are covered, and uh, we're going to take the whole family down for um, a little more than a week in September and uh, enjoy Walt Disney World. This is going to be a a trip of firsts for us. Um, Our last trip was sort of the the take out all the stops trip and we stayed concierge lounge at uh at uh the poly um and this time we're going back and we're going to be at all-star music so it'll be a little different so you guys are staying you're staying at all-star music yes when are you heading down september uh we're at this point we're looking at uh september 19th through the 27th 
And um, I actually have a conference during the week from my conference runs Tuesday through noon on Friday. So essentially my wife and kids are going to be touring on their own in the mornings. Uh, They'll come back for their afternoon break and then we'll head back to the parks together after dinner. Um, Which, you know, fits our touring style pretty much. Uh, You know, we've got a four-year-old who really needs that afternoon break and my eight-year-old needs the break more than she admits. So, um, you know, that part isn't going to be too difficult, although it means that it's going to cut into my touring time a lot. But uh, I think that I'll still, you know, get to, to experience enough that it's worth it. So other than your your conference that you're heading down there for, is there any special events that you guys are going to be doing while you're down there? We are. Um, you know, initially I wasn't, we weren't planning on it. We were trying to make this a budget trip because like I said, this is a year sooner than we thought we were going back. Um, our plan had been to go back in December 2012. Uh, and so we really hadn't done the normal, you know, saving up for this trip that we would have done. Uh, but the first thing out of my son's mouth when we said that we were going to go back to Disney was, are we going to the Halloween party? And sure enough, there's a Halloween party. There's actually, there were two or three to choose from during our trip. And so uh, the kids were both really excited about it, and I couldn't say no because we had a great time too. So we're going to go and do... yeah, we're going to do Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Um, we're going to be, you know, since we're we're going back during free dining, um, and it, it, this is the strangest thing. You know, work is willing to pay for my hotel room, and, and we were fine with that. We were going to just stay in downtown Disney and no big deal. Well, once I looked at what it was going to cost to, you know, add the weekend on to our hotel stay that, that work won't pay for, and then add in our tickets and add in dining, or food in general, um, it's actually turning out to be cheaper for us to stay at All-Star Music out of our own pockets. And And cheaper is better. Yes. So we're going to stay at All-Star Music, pay for our tickets, and, and, you know, have the the free quick-serve dining plan. And that's cheaper than staying in the other... So basically, I'm going to have two hotel rooms at Disney (laughs) for the week. Um, because I'm pretty sure that work is still going to have to book me at, uh, the, the Royal Plaza where the, um, where the conference is because the way the, these conferences work often that we have to guarantee a certain number of, of room bookings in order to get the conference facilities. And it's a fairly small conference. Um, so my guess is that I'm going to have two rooms just in completely different areas. Sticking with kind of the DVC theme, can you rent your room like the points? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably um, out of the question. Yeah, you know, the thing is, um, as tempting as that might be, I have a feeling that uh, the people in the uh, Inspector General's office would, would not be very pleased. They frown on things like that. Yes, they do. So what are you, what are you most looking forward to for this trip? What I am most looking forward to is that my four-year-old is all gung-ho to do rides now. And when we went back in October, he was just overwhelmed. Um, at the time, he's since been diagnosed with ADHD and he's, he's um, on some medication that's helping him a lot. Being in Disney was just sensory overload for him. And although he had a really good time, it was like pulling teeth to get him on rides or to get him to take in a show. And he spent a lot of the trip just kind of kicking back in his, in a stroller, you know, taking everything in. 
Um, so I'm really excited that this time he's he's all excited. I've I've geared him up. I've been uh, uh, you know, showing him the Disney Parks videos that are available from Netflix Instant Streaming, um, and he's ready for everything. Um, he insists that he's he's most excited about Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Uh, you know, he wants to do it because it goes fast. He's going to be tall enough to do everything except uh, Rock and Roller Coaster and Primeval Whirl. Um, we took him two weekends ago. We took him to Worlds of Fun, which is a Cedar Fair Park out here near us, and got him to, you know, try out some of the big kid rides, as we called them. Um, and he did great. Um, he did, you know, a log flume ride that's much smaller than, and obviously less detailed than, uh, Splash Mountain, but... You know, it gave him the concept of a log ride, and he liked that, and the, the drop didn't freak him out. Um, he rode his first, you know, big kid roller coaster, and um, although he looked terrified during the ride, as soon as we got off, the first words out of his mouth were, uh, let's see if I can quote him directly, that was awesome! Nice. So... <laughs> I think uh, I think we're going to be in for a fun trip, and I'm looking really looking forward to being able to uh, enjoy the attractions with him this time around, and instead of him just kind of being an observer. It sounds like you're going to have a good time. So you said you had the the quick meal. Um, yes. Quick service, and of course we can't have a podcast without talking about food. Or have you made any ADRs, or any advanced dining reservations? other than just planning on doing the quick service or you're going to stick with that? Well, here's, here's the difficulty. Um, my trip is 59 days away and it was, um, 80 days away when I found out it was going to happen. And so, um, the ADR availability has been really limited. Um, we'd love to do a dinner at Ohana because our family loved it and I've been trying everything I can find to, to get in. And so far, I just can't get a reservation there at all. Like nothing, no availability, not even bad times, just nothing's available. Um, but uh, at this point, we do have uh, two, you know, sit down meal plan, sit down meals planned. Um, we've got a gift certificate for uh, House of Blues and Downtown Disney, and my son's also a huge music fan, so um, we're going to do House of Blues that that Monday night when we get there, and you know spend a little time in Downtown Disney. Uh, I hate burning a ticket day when we've only got you know half a day because of travel, so we'll check out Downtown Disney and do dinner at uh, House of Blues, and then um, we're also going to I think do a, a sit down dinner our last night when. Um, we're going to be at Epcot that night and going to close out our trip with illuminations, but, um, was looking for a, a dinner reservation and actually it was really frustrating. Um, you know, I think that food and wine people are starting to get there. So, um, Epcot sit down di dinners were, were booked up pretty badly too. Uh, at this point I've got us booked at Yachtsman, which on the one hand I would love to, to eat there. Um, I've heard such good things about it and we're definitely steak and potatoes type people. But, um, on the other hand, I'm, you know, not looking forward to paying for yachtsman out of pocket um, on this trip so so we'll see um, that's what the reservation is for now and it, it may stay steve uh aaron consider uh cuisina in uh, the boardwalk it's got really good food and it's relatively easy to get a, a reservation there it's uh, one of their hidden secrets i think it's a good idea. I will take a look at that. Um, the, what what got me to look at Yachtsman was realizing that we could take advantage of the fact that there's the um, 
the international gateway is right there. Right. Yeah. Well, Kazina is right. Uh, it's it's uh, like next door. The Yatsman as it is Kazina. The international gateway is you just go right to uh, go to the right side to go to Yatsman, go to the left side to go to Kazina. Sure. It's just the other side. It, another possible suggestion, and this is going to sound weird, uh, the captain's grill uh, over there. Um, I had an unbelievable meal there the last time we were there, and it's uh, a lot less pricier than, than the Yatsman. But you get a lot of the same menu items as uh, there, and, and it was delicious. It was it was very good. Great suggestions, guys. I appreciate it. And don't leave the boardwalk without seeing their shows. It's uh, a lot of fun. Kids love the street performers at the boardwalk. We'll watch for them. <laughs> sounds like you have a pretty good trip planned, then. Uh, I think we do. I'm really excited about it. Um, you know, it's been it, it's such a like surreal experience um you know for our last trip i spent really about 14 months putting that trip together a little over a year and to put the next trip together in you know 80 days um is uh little little you know head spinning but uh it's been fun and it's been fun this time too because last time it was a surprise trip and the kids knew nothing about it and this time they've been kind of involved a lot in in putting the trip together and you know talking about what things they wanted to do and and uh good to see them you know getting involved in it and getting excited about it nice very nice so i think you guys are gonna have a great time you might have uh, incited a ride on the disboards about who's going to get your extra hotel room, but <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey guys, uh, dibs. <laughs> uh, all right, well, gentlemen, I, I, I want to do one. Take us back to DVC one last time before we close out the show here, and I want to do just a quick, uh, or you know, around the horn. And uh, have everybody share with us, uh, you know, maybe we'll do it twice, once, you know, once one way and once back. Uh, and have everybody share with us your favorite DVC resort. Um, and, you know, if it was, if you could stay at any DVC resort, which one would it be? And a quick one sentence for why. So, uh, CJ, let's start with you. Favorite DVC resort and why? Uh, boardwalk. Boardwalk, boardwalk, boardwalk. <laughs> location, location, location. Um, and, and plus, there's a lot of things to do on the boardwalk itself. Uh, it's it's by far my favorite. Steve. Well, obviously, I'm partial Saratoga because that's where we own. But I know that uh, our whole family is looking forward to a future trip to Vero Beach. Uh, my wife really wants to go out and see the sea turtle hatchings that they have. And uh, Mark, where is your dream DVC resort? I, I would have to... Um probably agree with cj um boardwalk that's that's the one that i've i've always looked at every time we've even just on the boats going by there have always just wanted to stay at that uh paul uh bailey towers for sure it's uh it's the location you're you're right on the monorail or you have a five minute walk if you want to the magic kingdom and you, you can't beat sitting out on your balcony and watching wishes from you know your own room while the kids are asleep, and for someone with young kids like me, you just can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, I'm going to go with Paul. Uh, Bay Lake Towers is my home resort, and uh, location is just wonderful there. Just being able to be on the monorail and seeing those incredible views is 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 really something. All right, and CJ, if you had a second choice, um, I'd have to go. There's 
just about any other one, but uh, summertime at Beach Club or Bay Lake Towers. I, I stayed there in March and it uh, is, it, the location is incredible. The views are incredible. It's just a great place to stay. And second choice for you, Steve. Uh, second choice, I'd have to say the Villas at Wilderness Lodge. Any particular reason? You know, it's, it's just that outdoors experience with, with the trees and, and that, that out west theming. And a second choice for you, Mark? Um, my second choice would be probably Saratoga. Um, just because who doesn't want to stay in a treehouse, for crying out loud? That <laughs> <laughs> just seems pretty cool. That, that is kind of a toss-up if um, you know, Animal Kingdom had them. Then, then yeah, I would, I would love to, to stay at Animal Kingdom as well. And uh, Paul? Yeah, I'll go with Boardwalk for number two, mainly because of location. I just I think the ability to walk into World Showcase, or if you're a little adventurous, walk 15 minutes into a Hollywood Studios, you, you can't, you just can't beat that location. All right, and Chris, your second choice. Yeah, I'm gonna follow Paul again and say um, Boardwalk as well. It's a, it's a great resort, and the activities around the Boardwalk are really um, not to be missed. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you, too, our listeners. Uh, you can email us at podcast at disdads.com. Visit our website, disdads.com. Tweet us at disdadspodcast on Twitter. Or participate in the discussion in the new Disdads subforum of the Disney for Families forum on the Disboards. Until next time, this is Aaron Ripmaster. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Couldn't quite get the one thing. This has been a Wizard of Oz production.